from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. Set your mind on wide for the pop before they catch you, baby. And never be just what they want you to be. Now that you've grown so wise, use that head and stop to think a little. Just cause you're crazy doesn't mean that you're free. It's the week of Friday, July 13th, 2012. Ooh. I'm scared. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Calvin Curley. I feel I do feel lovely today. You're sitting in my wife's chair. I know. Maya, Maya is not with us. She's home with a uh, sick toddler. He woke up this morning and looked like the lizard man from Spider-Man where, mm. with dried, <laughs> dried, crackling snot all over his face. Right. So uh, she's home right now. Does, does he have superpowers? <laughs> Has he been living it, in does, a... Does a tantrum count as a superpower? I haven't seen the film yet, so I don't know. If it's done well. If he's been living in a sewer, like moonlighting, then you probably know, yeah. He's slowly turning into a lizard. Yes. Yeah, he's probably a supervillain on your hands. <laughs> uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's Jesse Carey. Hello. And on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. Uh, that, that podcast from a few weeks ago was completely moot. I will never change that intro, I realized. <laughs> I, just, I just ran in here from a proposal meeting. And, uh, oh, no, I liked what we said last week, that you're, you're doing the old one, but ironically now. Ironically now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is now a, a retro vintage uh, tea yeah. that you're wearing. Uh, a trucker hat. F- <laughs> yeah. Food update: I am not eating almonds uh, mm-hmm. today. Um, I but but here's what's going on with me. I'm on day four of no caffeine. I saw that. He's on edge, people. I've been I've been I've been going to bed the last two nights at two thirty or three it's with early. no caffeine. It's early for you. No, well, not with no caffeine. I mean, <laughs> normally you can do five hours and then you get up and you pump yourself full of caffeine and you're good. So my body's overcompensating with like adrenaline. I see. Yeah. And I'm uh I'm all over the place this morning. What what was your caffeine intake beforehand? Um well we have an amazing world class coffee maker here at the office. And like a person yeah, or his a machine? Name, <laughs> his name is Jerry. His name is uh Jerry. I I, I call him Jerry. <laughs> he is he is a full time. That's all his job. He 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 yeah. plants the beans, he grinds them, he roasts them. And he actually he, walks up with a donkey outside the window. Yeah. And, a burrow. And, yeah, and he's like and I just like, hey Jerry, I'll have a small. He, he is actually Delicious. technically a world class uh, coffee maker. He makes seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So, so uh, once we got this, this machine, the machine that we actually have, was actually given to us by the guys at Project Seven Coffee. I was with Tyler Merrick uh, last year, and I was like, "Hey, we we brew Project Seven at the office. I, we love it." And he goes, "Oh, cool. Uh, what do you brew it on?" I'm like. A Mr. Coffee? I don't know. <laughs> you know? And uh, Did he, he smack you in the he face? Lit- he visibly recoiled mm-hmm. with that An we w- open handed slap across the face. <laughs> that we would that we would taint their wonderful bean with such a travesty of a machine. Next the next week, a Swiss made fully automatic, super automatic coffee machine shows up at our office and he wrote a note to us saying, you know, do the coffee justice. Here you go. And uh, he's a friend, and we've been brewing great coffee ever since. And so I got addicted to coffee. I wasn't prior to that. And I drink probably four cups a day of that and probably eight to ten Diet Cokes. <laughs> eight to <Okay>. ten? <laughs> and so, then, well, no, 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 hold on. Eight to ten 
like of like either at the office or at a restaurant. And then when I get home, I will drink at least a two liter of Diet Coke a night. Sure. <laughs> at least. So, so now that you've coming off of it, you're like hanging out in the Walmart parking lot ready to knife somebody. No exaggeration. <laughs> Monday, my first day off of caffeine. Cold sweats. I went to bed at... I Well, first of all, I was also battling sickness, but I, I went to bed at eight o'clock. I slept 15 hours that night. <laughs> 15 hours. No lie. I came into work at one the next day. <laughs> and then that night, I went to bed at eight o'clock again and uh, slept a full night. And then, and then two thirty last night and two thirty night before. So you woke up with like the long hair, like the long scraggly beard. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Was it? No. What's the guy? Who, it's not Johnny Appleseed. Is no. It? Well, no, he did. Yeah. yeah. He, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Too. I don't know. They all fall asleep. Eventually. Something happens. He stopped yeah. selling apples and he had a fifteen. We hour all sleep. die. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I I'm, I'm doing a grand experiment. Of, uh, Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rip yeah. Van Winkle. Yeah, I'm doing a grand experiment. Can I go? How can I go an entire week with no caffeine? Can I go an entire week eating only natural and clean foods? Only almonds. <laughs> <laughs> and I only record it's, myself while I eat them. Yeah, I was gonna say it's wreaking havoc on your digestive system. So no crunching today. Can you juice an almond? Just almond juice? Probably. They make probably. almond milk, right? Yeah. You yeah. can do that. Yeah. Almond milk. You they can make mil- almond you extract. Can, so you can yeah. milk an almond. Yeah. Evidently. If you squeeze it hard <laughs> enough. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, now that we've talked about my coffee, uh, we have a great show for you today. We have an interview coming up later with filmmaker Indy Wilson, who has a new project out called Notes from the tilt whirl which sounds exciting. Be hard to take notes in a total world, I would mm-hmm. think. <laughs> hard a lot of scribbles. That's what we talked it's, about. It's, it's <laughs> easy to take them. It's hard to read them later. What was our What was our writing? <laughs> so, so a lot of horizontal lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also have a game coming up after that called "This Is All I Know About It." It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. Here, here's what my notes hey, you say. Guys, so, Kevin, you knew the reference. Here's what Here's what my notes no. say. Ca- game. It stinks. So it's almost like I thought you were giving yeah. me an editorial of like, yeah, it's a horrible game. <laughs> yeah, don't play this one up. It stinks. Yeah. Trust me. It's one um, of the worst games we've ever done. Guys. I will. Gi- I will give everyone a hint for the context of why it's called that. Is anyone familiar with um, the John Lovitz? cartoon the critic back in the day of course. oh yeah yeah it stinks okay <laughs> it's from that. It's from so that. It's, is it film reviews it is okay. it is i'll explain i'll explain the the, the nuances of this oh, game oh i know games. what it is oh this will be good yeah. or it'll be awful yeah it might or stink. it'll stink yeah. <laughs> jesse i said Most it like likely that. it will stink <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I said it like that not because I got the reference, but because I was uh, trying to sound like I I knew what it meant. Um, and the reason I did that is because I was doing that all night last night. My wife and I were out of town, and we were driving back late last night. And to keep me awake at the wheel, we were playing that game where you, you say like the name of a movie or the name of a band or something, and the last letter of that name has to be the first letter of the next person's. And so uh, we were doing movies. And we got to a point where I was running out of movie ideas. So I would just start saying a random movie, but I would say it really authoritatively. Like like I said, it stinks. Like like I'm really sure it's a movie. And yeah. just my wife just started to realize that I was making up fake movies. And she started looking up on IMDb and realized I was lying for about half the game. So <laughs> an excerpt from one of those movies was one I came up with. I couldn't think of a movie that started with Y. And I had done a few already. So it was like on my 10th Y movie. So I came up with a movie called Yogurt for Malcolm. 
and I said it like really convincingly, and I'm like, yeah, yogurt for Malcolm. Yo, and, and I just pretended like I was recounting when I first saw it. yogurt for Malcolm. <laughs> uh, you know what I think of that story? <laughs> it's it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I really started describing the plot of yogurt for Malcolm. No, no, it you was, didn't. I, I really did. It was about this sick guy named Malcolm, and he was visited by a friend. And he couldn't eat anything, you know. Because he's sick. He's sick. He was bedridden. Right. So towards the end there, all he could have was, you know, yummy yogurt that his buddy would bring in. He could have had it, like, in Sure. I mean, like, Kanye's Kanye West's first single where he talks about his jaw wired shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a boost for breakfast, an insure for dessert. He could have had that. Yeah. Well, I don't think this guy in not the movie, in this movie. Would, this guy in the movie wasn't a Kanye fan. He wouldn't have thought yeah. that. No. Yeah, but th- this movie was You don't have to be a Kanye fan to walk down the old people's aisle <laughs> in Walgreens. <laughs> well, this guy couldn't walk. He was bedridden. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. All right. Yeah, he didn't know. Logic. Real quick, speaking of Walgreens, Cameron, before you walked in, we were having a, a discussion about about drugstores. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> of course you were. What else are we going to talk about? So, uh, <laughs> the weather, the fact that Dwight Howard's not part of the Brooklyn Nets. So there's a lot yeah. of things you could have talked uh, about. There are a lot of topics, but we, we landed on drugstores, and particularly the ones that sell overpriced old DVDs right at the checkout. <laughs> That's true. Like, like, who we were talking about, who walks in to like get some photos developed or get their prescription filled? And as they're walking out, they're like, Finding Forrester only nineteen ninety nine. All right. <laughs> and Chad Chad said that when he was in high school, he used to buy CDs at his local uh, on occasion. I would store. on occasion. What, I did. what CDs did you buy? I, I was going like to the a, John Tesh collection. No, no, no. I was going to a party at one point, and I had to stop at Walgreens to pick up some soda. And there was the new Bush CD sitting right there. And I thought, if I show up to this party with this Bush CD, I will be one of the coolest people at this party. No way. So I dropped sixteen ninety eight on the Bush CD. Wow! I was gonna say every entertain every like DVD and CD at that at the little checkout station at the Walgreens. Mm-hmm. One, if it's a DVD, it's like the Pelican Brief. You know, it's like fifteen years old, and it costs at least ten dollars more than it would cost anywhere else. I'd mentioned John Tesh just now for some reason. Uh, have you seen his Twitter feed? No. Following John Tesh on I can't Twitter, say I have. Following John Tesh on Twitter is the epitome. It is the pinnacle of what you should ever achieve or do on Twitter. It is the most amazing thing. I'm gonna. I'm just randomly pulled up his feed. I'm not gonna select uh-huh. anything. I'm just gonna read the first ones I see in order. Here we go. John Tesh on Twitter. According to Newsweek, one third of smartphone users go online before getting out of bed, and we check our phones every 15 minutes at least. Tesh says. Hashtag Tesh says. That's how he ends it. Oh. Even though, even though Newsweek reported it. Yeah. Right. So, so then, so then uh, he retweets Is he somebody. He's a reporter now for Newsweek. So then he retweets somebody who said, "I just saw John Tesh rapping. Also, I honestly liked it better than Drake." And he replies, "I'm an OG." Oh, John boy. Tesh, I'm an OG. Wow. Um, hold on, let me find more that Tesh says. Once here we go. Pacifiers can slow the development of your child's speaking skills. Although, when they do start talking, you're in for it. Hashtag Tesh says. Wow. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Did you know that we're 50% more likely to eat something that's within arm's reach? Hide those Twinkies, Tesh says. He's like the new Jack Andy. Dude, he, but he's not trying to be funny. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> um, hold on. I'm going to. Some of the Tesh says ones. He gives dating advice. No. Um, Beware of foods with high fructose corn syrup. They could affect your memory and even your emotions, Tesh says. 
if I was John Tesh and I, I would still do the exact same thing except every link like every like tiny URL that I would link to in these tweets which I'm assuming he has I would rickroll everyone and they would all go to the NBA theme song <laughs> they would all go to round ball rock like a little like wave file <laughs> like oh cell phone use that's really interesting before you get out of bed I like, click on the link <laughs> you got me again Tesh did you know that hey, this is the next one? Did you know that wet sand can make you sick? Some germs are more active in wet environments. Wash your hands at the beach, Tash says. Oh my goodness. I'm not kidding. Okay, July is the best time of year to ask for a raise. Just make sure your boss is in a good mood first, Tash says. <laughs> Marathon job interviews with crazy questions are the new norm. What's the strangest thing you've been asked, Tash says? I'm he, sh- he should have done Tesh asks on that one. <laughs> he Tesh should have asks. done Tesh. Technically, <laughs> that's more accurate. Right. Oh, my gosh. I think we've just found a new podcast segment. Here we go. Going yeah. on vacation? Don't post it on Facebook. It's like an invitation to come steal your stuff, Tesh says. He's so thoughtful. I know. It's like it's just like handy little life advice. <laughs> that, that one's actually seems a little bit threatening to me. <laughs> I was a friend of John Tesh. <laughs> like, I would be afraid to come home early on vacation to find him like rummaging through my things. <laughs> I told you. I said it. I would be here. Okay. The worst place... This is the next one. The worst place to take a woman on her first date is... Dot, dot, dot. A sports-themed restaurant. Sorry, ESPN Zone, Tesh says. Ladies, did you know more hotels are beginning to offer women-only floors? Tesh says. <laughs> it's like, wh- wh- you're more likely to gain weight if you live on a street with a cul-de-sac because it's less walkable, Tesh says. I mean, like, come on, Tesh. Tesh. Is some, are some of these made up? Dude, I think... Like, are some of these fabricated by Tesh? Well, I don't... He's not linking to anything on these. I think this is just wisdom that he, quote-unquote, knows. And he's just just doling out life advice from on high. I agree. Literally on high, because the guy's like eight feet tall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, John. I'm telling you, the best thing you will ever do on Twitter is follow at John Tesh. Right now. Everybody right now. Click off this podcast. Yeah. Launch your Twitter app. I'm just going to unfollow everyone... But John Tesh. Yeah. And retweet everything. Every, John every, every single says, thing. Every single thing. And that's our, all of our... The relevant podcast Twitter feed will be nothing but a retweet feed of John Tesh. Yeah. Starting now. <laughs> chivalry? <laughs> Listen. Chivalry? Yes or no, ladies? Don't make us guess. We're clueless enough as it is, Tesh says. Is he like, is, is, are these going to be compiled into some sort of strange book or spoken word album? I just feel bad. Like, what if these are going out into space and this is what Alien Life Form sees? <laughs> Here's like, what, working off that 4th of July barbecue on the treadmill today? Use an incline to make your your run more realistic, Tesh says. Yeah, all they all that the aliens get is this and his live at the Red Rocks. <laughs> they immediately turn around. No, no, we're all set. Yeah, uh, we, the search continues for intelligible. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, put on that DVD of yogurt for Malcolm. Yeah, uh, here you go. A wedding ring makes you more attractive to others because they perceive you to uh, they perceive you as quote fit to wed. Just don't act on it. Tesh says. What in the world? He's wow. telling you to go around wearing so, a wedding ring to pick up people, Tesh. but don't act on it. So, yeah, but but don't actually commit adultery. Right. John Tesh is out there towing the line at like 
singles dates. He's like, oh. Yeah. He's walking like the woman's only floor yeah, of a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's that's how he knows. I guess what I found. Yeah. <laughs> stops, he stops by the ice machine. Hey, good thing this hallway isn't in a cul-de-sac, right? <laughs> okay. He's also, I've skipped several workplace ones, but here's one. Work email. His, this is the tweet. Work email etiquette. Never hit reply all. No one needs to see your lunch order. Tesh says, Okay, when's first, the last time John Tesh worked in an office? Number one. <laughs> number two, when's the last time you hit reply all with your lunch order? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. Did, did, because in that scenario, someone sent out a, a mass email to the entire staff saying, send me your lunch order. It, that just doesn't seem like a very common occurrence. Maybe I mean, that, I maybe that happens. It could happen. Maybe in, in Teshco, in him and his Teshco. two employees. Yeah. Yeah. But but at that point, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It's not like I replied all and said, oh, so-and-so is acting like a real jerk today. And they're on there. It's like, oh, you know, Sally got the meatball sub. Okay. You know, let's, I would forget about that within three minutes. Okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, he retweeted a person, Ann Murphs, who said, oh, shut up, John Tesh. No one cares. And he says, I beg to differ. There are about 10 people who care. Never mind that five are related to me. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, uh, so the, another person he retweeted says, Who pays money to see John Tesh? Does the place empty out after he plays the NBA theme song? <laughs> and then and then he, John replied and said, That's why it's the encore. He <laughs> 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 keeps him waiting. Uh, <laughs> if I ever went to a John Tesh concert, I would go wearing like 90s basketball gear. <laughs> oh, yes. And just shout round ball rock the whole time. <laughs> Well, anyway, there are a million. What's I mean, the, literally, what's the, what's the Twitter handle? At ta- at John Tesh. At John Tesh. Uh, with an H. Follow now. So if at John Tesh receives an influx of 80,000 followers this week, <laughs> no. you're welcome. He only has, this is the shocker, he only has 15,000 followers. He has fewer than me. Wow. Well, once he started doing these Tesh says, they pro- many of them probably dropped off. Dropped off. Okay. dropped off? That's why you follow him. This is amazing. This is internet gold right here. Can you do some this week that Cameron says? <laughs> Hashtag Cameron says? <laughs> I can Just never some... match the wisdom and insight. He is a modern day Andy Rooney. Mm-hmm. True. It's true. Yeah. What's the deal with bosses today? <laughs> It doesn't what? matter what time of day you weigh yourself, as long as you do it in a cul-de-sac on an incline. <laughs> <laughs> Hotels these days are all women's floor. <laughs> so clearly he just started working out because there's a string of about six that are workout tips. For every pound you lose, you take four pounds of pressure off your knees. Tesh says, are you starting a new workout re- regimen? Remember, it takes 21 days for a new habit to stick. Keep pushing, Tesh says. Uh, his life is, oh, he boy. goes to his little office. Yeah. He, Tesco. Tesco. He works out, and he hits he on places, women at night. He places his <laughs> lunch order. And he, works, and he just hits on women the rest of the day. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> Spend all your free time in the gym? Exercise addiction could be a sign of escape from emotional problems, Tesh says. Tesh knows. <laughs> <laughs> you may be deeply, deeply disturbed. <laughs> if you're at the gym all the time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that concludes this segment yeah. on John Tesh. <laughs> uh, but it's a perfect segue into our entertainment releases because yeah. there is no greater entertainer than John, than John Tesh. Tesh. Yeah. yeah. Um, music releases coming out on Tuesday, July 17th. Nas is coming out with Life is Good. Alberta Cross with Songs of Patience. 
Angus Stone with Broken Brights. And our pick of the week, Modest Yahoo, is back with Spark Seeker. I really, you know, I really like Modest Yahoo, but he never takes credit for anything, which is good. It's not modest. It's not modest. <laughs> no, it's M A T I S. M A Yahoo. Modest Yahoo. One word. He was on the cover of Relevant. I know. I know. The word Modest Yahoo was on the cover of Relevant. <laughs> I know. No, I was going first. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I agree. You know, I was there's stretching a lot it of, a little bit. A lot of hip hop guys use bravado and you know self promotion. He's very humble. It's not, yeah. His name is not Modest <laughs> Space Yahoo. His name isn't Yahoo. Y A H O O. Right. Modest Yahoo. Modest Yahoo being like Shirani. <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> Use your word. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually said that to Cohen. No one in the back. Can hear you. When he gets really frustrated, he's a little two-year-old. He just wants to like hit you out of frustration. I'm like, use your words. Use your and, I, and every time I think of Shirani. <laughs> but anyway, um, about new entertainment releases, can we just maybe have a moment of silence for Chubbawamba? They got they got knocked out. <laughs> they will not get back up again. They will not. Movie releases coming out on Friday, July 20th. There's one. And only one that matters. The Dark Knight Rises, starring Christian Bale and others. Uh, will it be a disappointment or live up to everybody's unrealistic expectations? Mm. Well, I, I have a slice that is going to shock a lot of listeners. about, And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to really um, you know, temper their expectations for this film. So, Oh, wow. Stay tuned yeah. for that. Yeah. Good toss. All right, well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. You're listening to Baron Heaven. I don't remember reading I, about that. I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't think, know that there's bears in heaven. I don't know. Maybe there's bear rugs. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, in the mansions. <laughs> yeah, very luxurious. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think heaven's full of these rogue bears roaming around. Yeah. Well, maybe they're not rogue. Maybe they're pets. <gasps> that oh, would be that'd heaven. Be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, heaven. So what? So what maybe this is is a domesticated bears. bear. Yeah. That lives in your home and snuggles with you. Right. But it's almost like your beanbag when you want to watch TV. And he's you can totally just cool cuddle with it. up on it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but you got to watch out because if someone else's heaven mansion is like a picnic area, <laughs> you really got to you gotta hide your sandwiches. Well, they do. You right. don't. Yeah. No, right. No, but, but that yeah. wouldn't be heaven for them if they had to hide their sandwiches and live in fear of your, your pet bear. So is there no conflict in heaven, even if it's like comedic conflict? I don't think so. I don't think there's pranks in heaven. There's no pranks? Because there's always a victim of a prank. And in heaven, there's yeah. no victims. Yeah. Love wins. Um, <laughs> the, the bear in heaven um, uh, with uh, the reflection of you uh, from their album, I Love You, It's Cool. At the beginning of the podcast, stars with the theory of relativity. Ironically, the band, not really stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a little bit more indie. <laughs> they're kind of unknown. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. really They're good. no Chumbawamba. Let's just say 
But few are. Okay. Test shots. <laughs> Stars, they're no chumba wumba. Hashtag test shots. <laughs> Here's a link. Oh, man. Okay. It's time. Can that be the outro music today? <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. Round ball rock. Is it has to be. Uh, okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so as I alluded to a few minutes ago, uh, the everyone's really excited about the the new uh, Batman film, the final in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Um, but some researchers in the UK at the University of Lancaster are, have really uh, put a damper on this whole thing, essentially debunking the entire franchise in a paper that several uh, presumably um, very astute and educated grad school students have compiled uh, the trajectory of a fallen falling Batman. Uh, that finds that if if Batman were to jump off a building and use his cape to glide down, as he does in the opening scene, uh, one of the opening scenes of Batman Begins, he would not survive the fall. Uh, they have spent weeks of calculations determining that if a 492-foot-tall Gotham City building was jumped off of by a Batman with a 15-foot wingspan, uh, he would hit the ground at about 70 miles an hour and likely not survive. <laughs> what, what, so, what are these people doing? They're just killjoys. I, oh, they're ruining it for everyone. You know, because – and the worst part is, spoiler alert, I heard this is how – the trilogy ends. <laughs> yeah, I heard Bane is on the run and Batman jumps off a building and because of this research, he just dies right there. Bane wins. Test so, test. Test. That, that's my prediction. But this is really just nerds ruining it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, I get, look, I get that, you know, you might have plausibility issues with a movie like Batman, where Christopher Nolan tried to make it as, as realistic as possible. But at the same time, it's Batman, you know? So go into the movie just knowing that some of this is not actually a documentary. <laughs> What's sad is we're talking about a movie about a com- Batman. <clears throat> and that Correct. there are nerdier fans, nerdier people than the fans of this comic book movie talking down to... I mean. What level of nerddom have we hit? It, it, it's like when these guys go to the Batman movie, they sit there, they paid the tickets, they bought their popcorn, they have their soda. The opening scene comes on and Batman jumps off a building and lands safely with the aid of his gliding cape. They just stand up right there. Nope! And just make a big scene and walk out of it. And they throw their TI-84 graphing calculator at the screen <laughs> and just stomp out. In, in uh, what I called that uh, in high school, the TI-83, a Tetris machine. <laughs> What do you have, Calvin? All right, I uh, I have I have a twofer today. I have two slices, so I'm actually going to call this more of a fillet. And uh, I actually I'm really hoping that Chad, you can throw in a little Barry White behind this because a lot of music requests today. A little something something like that. More work for Snavely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'd like to maybe bring it down a little bit. <laughs> I'm slow jam this slice. I'm gonna slow jam. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. About someone that is being referred to on the internet as Jack the Gripper, with a G. Jack the Gripper, an alleged serial hugger. <laughs> when does a hug become a crime? Well, 
one alleged. I think, I think when, when it gets, it's involuntary, when it gets below the lower back, <clears throat> it's probably true. Well, one alleged serial hugger, nicknamed Jack the Gripper, is accused of pretending to know women and tricking them into giving him a hug. This is according to ABC News. Uh, so you can never really believe anything out of there. But uh, the prosecutors say they have 36 accusations by women saying that the 44-year-old man forced hugged them. Uh, but So he would go up to the, hey, do you remember me? And he'd have him hug. And obviously the women didn't remember them, and he would try to convince them. But a lot of the women didn't want to be rude, so they'd go ahead and complete the hug. Um, so he's banking, uh, and I'm quoting this, he's banking on the razor-thin line between being friendly and being harassed. So the second part of my two-parter filet here today. I'd like to talk to you about a new business called The Snuggery. Uh, a woman is charging $60 an hour to snuggle with you. Wait, say that again? I'm sorry. To snuggle. There is a huh. service where you can be snuggled with for exchanging monetary I, value. I, I believe that's called prostitution. No, see, there's the thing. They draw the line. They draw a line. Uh, it, it's, this, uh, is, this is the world's oldest profession, Calvin. No, this one... <laughs> This one's about true intimacy. Is, it, is this in like Amsterdam? Uh, it's, it's in New York, actually. Um, but yeah, she she showcases herself as an advocate for the healing power of touch. Uh, she likes to get cozy, curl up. Still sounds pretty skeezy to me. Dress in pajamas. Um, she's looking to get certified for her snuggle sessions, but found that the only certification available was for people looking to host group snuggling parties. Oh, she she could come up with a fake title. Calvin, this is not appropriate at all. <laughs> snuggling. It's genuinely, the story is just about snuggling. Mm-hmm. Group snuggling? I don't know. Hey, everyone's got to pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> Tess says. <laughs> uh, she did say that there are different kinds of cuddling positions, but I typically always start out spooning. And I'm pretty small, so I'm usually the little spoon. This is disgusting. <laughs> it's getting weird. That is, that's, that's awful. Are you done? How do we get out of that? That's, that's it. Don't you don't have discussion questions? You don't have a list? No, I just... just pull I, us out of this trajectory. I, for one, don't like the snuggle. <laughs> I, can, I can read a quote from physicist and researcher David Marshall. Okay. Uh, oh, right. If Batman wanted to survive the flight, he would definitely need a larger cape. Or, if he preferred to keep his style intact, he would opt for using an active propulsion, such as jets, to keep him aloft. Movie ruined. <laughs> Hashtag test set. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Indy Wilson. Listening to Helio Sequence song is October, which we're ironically playing in July. Indy Wilson is a best-selling author of a handful of children's books, uh, but more recently, Notes from the Tilt World, which is not a children's book. He's also currently adapting C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce for the screen. 
Uh, Notes from the Tilted World is also a film series that he's uh, recently released. It's a cinematic treatment of a worldview, a poet, live in concert, a motion picture sermon. In this unusual but fascinating film sequence, Indy Wilson gives an emotional and intellectual tour of life in this world and the final chapter that is death. Everything before and after and in between is a series of miracles, some of which are encouraging, others disturbing and uncomfortable. The film series looks at all the ways in which people numb themselves to the wonders that surround them, how humanity has consistently tried to ignore the personality of God in everything from the magic of quantum physics to nature's absurdities to the problem of evil, evolution, and hell. You can find the films at notesfromthetiltaworld.com. Recently, former podcaster Ryan Ham spoke to him. Here is author and filmmaker N.D. Wilson. All right. Well, I guess, first of all, since you do both, uh, what do you like doing better, a movie or writing a book? Oh, man. They are very different and very fun. I honestly prefer a book in some ways just because it's something I can control a lot more. Whereas with a film, it's it's a team sport. And so there's, there's something, when you've got a great team, when you've got a lot of guys around you that you trust and that you know are talented, and, you know, are a lot more talented than you are, then, you know, Film work is, is a blast. Ultimately, Christians should have a philosophy of artists and art appreciators. There are 8 million other people who could have been here instead of you. And are you going to be ungrateful? And when it does actually come time for the snowflake to melt, for humanity to pass on, at that very end, we should know that living really does make dying worth it. After watching Notes on Notes World, I'm a little curious. Who do you who do you think it's for? Do you think it's for Christians or non Christians or both? You know, honestly, I was aiming at people familiar with Christianity. I really was aiming at Christians who have struggled, and especially Christians who've been intimidated or scared or shaken or rattled by the assault of unbelief that's kind of all around us in, in our culture. In a lot of circles, the term apologetics is kind of a dirty word. Do you consider Notes on a Tilt World to be a work of apologetics? You know, honestly, I consider it to be a work of creative tribute. Okay. You know, I'm trying to really, like, honor the narrative and the author, you know, the, the story and the one who wrote it, and really accurately discuss and enjoy and savor of the reality in which we live. And I think that that will inevitably have an apologetic impact, but it's it's more than just logic and syllogisms. It's more than just, oh, you have an argument, well, I have an argument too. It's, it, the thing is, we, we are surrounded by just overwhelming beauty and sophistication of, on an aesthetic level, and yet just aesthetic achievement in the natural world all around us all the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like if you try to represent Christianity as a syllogism, you really are just badly cheapening it mm-hmm. so if you if you can access their other senses if you can access their sense of wonder and awe their aesthetic sensibilities then it will have an apologetic impact uh, inevitably i think a more effective one but that's not ultimately what the goal is you know ultimately the goal is to see truth to speak truth and to, to pay tribute to it 
I feel like what a lot of Christian Christians have done and a lot of Christianity, at least especially like during modernism, I feel like a lot of the tendency has been to be afraid of art that maybe seemed ugly. Do you think Christians should not be afraid to examine art and try to find truth in it? I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I write novels for kids. Uh-huh. I write children's novels. I write fantasy novels, that kind of thing. And I always get responses from people that are extremely nervous. They're, you know, I don't want to blow it out of proportion because there's tons of them that are excited. Mm-hmm. But I always get a lot of concerned Christian responses as to why but why would you put this evil in here <laughs> why does it have to be that dark uh-huh. can't the evil be kind of jokey and not really scary mm-hmm. and the answer is if I made the evil jokey and not really scary I would be lying about the world that God made and I could say I'm a Christian author come read my stuff it's clean it's rated G and they could all come and it would be false and the the thing is evil is real evil is scary how do you face it does goodness triumph does it not triumph um, and and so on and if you are imitating the reality of God's narrative uh, then bully for you more power to you and there are times when the prophets were artists when the prophets in the Old Testament were were participating in what could only be called performance art mm-hmm. and it was really dark because they were saying judgment is coming everything you are doing is really really destructive and you're all you're all in for it and when they're lying naked on one side for a long time or cooking with dung and <laughs> living in the cave being fed by ravens and all the stuff that they do that's dark stuff yeah and it's all there to accurately predict what's coming to imitate the judgment of god or the wrath of god the story of samson is a dark story the story of david has some really dark stuff in it saul goes crazy and deals with demons and like these are the stories that God told. Like these are His stories. Yeah. And then think about the happy, happy story at the end. His son comes, and everything skips really quickly because his son comes, is born in a barn, laid in a food trough, and what's the first thing that happens? Genocide. Yeah. Like Herod sends the soldiers out and they slaughter babies all around. And of course, we skip that and we put reindeer in the yard and make it all sugar plums, mm-hmm. and and we skip that darkness. I think Christians really need to look at the whole world, at the whole narrative of God, and not in kind of a a hipster, gritty way. You know, I don't want to send off a bunch of guys just to go study the works of Quentin Tarantino repeatedly (laughs) and and nothing else. Uh Um, But Christians need to stop flinching because the story of the world belongs to us. The, The story of the world is told by our God, and we need to imitate his art in our art which means the darkness is going to be there, but it will be overcome. How does someone move from the point of saying, okay, I understand that this world is is filled with extravagant beauty and that art isn't, there's no objective reason for art or morality to exist. I get that. But how do they move from that to understanding, like, this is a story of a God who loves me? Uh, you know, it's all hinged on gratitude. Mm-hmm. If you start to, if you start, if you really communicate to somebody a sense of wonder and amazement at the world around them, it's not just the stars, you know, the distant stars. It comes all the way down to the wind that's kissing their face right now. You know, the, the senses they have right now. 
the fact that they're standing on the planet hurtling through space right now and there's still this smell and those leaves rustling and honestly just getting a sense of self and a sense of scale at the same time like here i am with these fingers you know these digits these bones standing here in this universe and getting the real perspective on the whole you know, realizing that there are just as many millions of stars underneath me right now as there are above me mm-hmm. so that i really i'm in the middle of something massive but moving all the way down to them to where they are located right now to the fact that their heart is beating and they don't make it beat mm-hmm. but they can see these things and they did not conjure up their own sight or ask for it it was all it was all given and if you get them to the point where they are receiving gift that's where the immediacy of god's love you know is, is really brought to bear who who gave it to you to whom can you say thank you right um and that's where you actually connect god the transcendent artist uh, to them and that's something that can only happen in the triune you know, in a triune system right if god is this massive distant deity then you never you are just you should be panicked you should be out of your soul <laughs> terrified mm-hmm. at all times of what might happen because this world is a big grinding terrifying machine and it could all end you know we're on a razor's edge and we could fall either direction any second but if he is gifting you right now and he's immediately handing you these things there's a sense of care there's a sense of love and even though you haven't earned any of them the, the immediate affection of god the immediate love of god is uh is brought to bear there that was Zindi wilson check out the films at notesfromthetiltaworld.com You're listening to Josh Garrels. The song is Rise, remixed by Kai Kai, both of which, Kai Kai and Josh Garrels, have been on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Big fans. Okay, it's time for... It stinks. All right, so it's summer blockbuster season. Uh, there are movies coming out all the time that, that get a lot of buzz. And so a lot of people are conflicted about what they should see and what they shouldn't see. And the one-stop shop that uh, many savvy moviegoers go to before purchasing tickets is the movie criti- criticism aggregator RottenTomatoes.com. Of course. Is everyone on the podcast familiar with this site? I thought you were going to say plugged in. I should have grabbed that'll be next week (laughs) it's inappropriate Um, not not family approved every review (laughs) so so I constructed but a lot of times when you go to Rotten Tomatoes you you have the little blurbs of the review you can't read you don't always read people's full reviews but you read little snippets of top reviewers around the country to determine whether this is a film you want to see or not right so uh on our podcast we have a couple cultural savvy uh hosts so i figured um to test their film knowledge i would read a few 
excerpts that were blurbed in full from RottenTomatoes.com and would would read the expert, tell you who wrote it, for what outlet, and you have to match which movie, which summer release it went, it goes with. Which summer? This summer or any big summer? It, it's mostly this summer. There are a couple older movies uh, peppered in just for the fun of it. Nice. All right, so uh, who will be playing? Uh, both of us. There's only yeah. there's only me and Calvin. I'm going to keep score this week. Title keep score. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Who all right? Who wants to go first? Any, any takers? Calvin. I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Calvin. Uh, Perry's writing shows a disturbing amount of cynicism, if not downright meanness, for a family movie. That's from Jennifer Miller of Hollywood.com, describing which of the following: Katy Perry's part of me the matthew perry film 17 again or tyler's perry medea's witness protection i'm gonna go with c medea's witness protection you are correct that's sir. what i would have said nice i should have gone first <laughs> <laughs> all right Karen. uh this this Test okay us. this is this is the the excerpt that they chose to uh take on rotten tomatoes from bob Grimm of the Re- reno news and review this film contains some of cinema history's best lightning strikes. Is it The Amazing Spider-Man, Moonrise Kingdom, Piranha 3DD, or Journey to the Mysterious Island? Ooh, okay. I didn't see any of them but the first one. There was lightning strikes in it, and probably a higher budget than the, the Journey to the Island one. Which also, I'm sure, had lightning strikes. I'm going to go with uh, Spider-Man. It's actually Moonrise Kingdom. What? Yeah. Hey, I you, saw Moonrise I send your Kingdom. complaint to Bob Grimm. Wait, I saw Moonrise Kingdom. Interview. When was there lightning on Moon? Oh, the rain storm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall there being like majestic lightning strikes on film. It was a good. Movie. I never trusted Bob Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> he gets too distracted I, by the special effects. I go. Mm-hmm. What he recommends, I don't see. What he doesn't recommend, I go to. That's right. All right, Calvin. Dang it. This is from Richard Roper. (laughs) Big, loud, stupid, dopey, shameless, cliched, overbearing. And did I mention stupid? Uh, Is that for the Three Stooges, Men in Black 3, Prometheus, or Battleship? For me right now, it's a dead heat between Three Stooges and Battleship. But I don't really see Three Stooges being loud. I'm going to say... Battleship. You are correct, sir. Nice. All right, Cameron. Uh, I know you try to keep up with everything that John Wirt writes. (laughs) Do you subscribe to his Twitter feed as well? I do. I do. John Tesh Uh, retweets him all the time. All the time. Yeah. This is his review for for what film? Boys will be boys. The the inflection's mine. That's how I assume he He talks. He does talk like that. Yeah, John Wirt fans will know that that's exactly how he sounds. Uh, was that his review for That's My Boy, Magic Mike, Rock of Ages, or The Avengers? Clearly Magic Mike. That's actually That's My Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that's the plot of Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he did, to be fair, he had the exact same review for Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Calvin. Uh, for the most part, uh, the movie's rhythms feel slightly off. There are long stretches without a laugh, and there is a mean-spirited air to the whole thing. 
That's from Randy Cordova from the Arizona Republic. Is he describing 21 Jump Street, the five-year engagement, the dictator, or dark shadows? The dictator? You are correct. The dictator. Dang it. I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, I, uh, you might be able to get this one. Am I sweeping so far? Yes. yes. Okay. Three o. Three nothing. I can't. Don't I can't even pull out. I gotta get a. I gotta get a five pointer bonus question at the end. There's, a, you know how they do it on like Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. You, you can tank. So early. I can wager it all. Yeah. You can tank early yeah. and still win. Yeah. Because the yeah. I, I I need some increasing levels here. All right. How about this? From from this point out, these count for two. Nice. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, Karen. If you plead act- with the judge, you can change the entire game midstream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's from Robert Roten from the Lemiri Movie Scope. I have no idea what that is, but uh, uh, he is qualified to have his blurb feature on RottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> for, for which film did he describe the acting, action, and special effects are good enough? But the movie's two mismatched story halves just don't work together. It's like trying to paste the first half of Die Hard onto the last half of 300. Is he describing Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Wrath of the Titans, Battleship, or John Carter? See, I saw none of those, but I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln. That's a good guess. For two points, you are correct. Uh, Three to two. On the board. Well, to be fair, hold on. I was the second half of that one round that you got correct, so it should be four to two. Like the okay. whole round should have been two points. Yeah. So four to so, two. So so it's four to two. You right should now. have gotten an extra point. Okay. Listeners would point that out. That's the okay. only reason why I'm going back. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most. This one could literally apply to any movie because it makes no sense. Uh, so thanks, uh, Ed Whitfield from the O Tray. Uh, he said, what? the film what is the that's O-tray? something that Ed Whitfield writes movie reviews for. Okay. That's, uh, is, is, the, is the entire. <laughs> I don't know. I just took what was all Rotten Tomatoes. Um, hmm, okay. okay. The film, <laughs> the finished film is like a repeat of the chicken dinner you had the night before, but with a different seasoning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it Snow White and the Huntsman? Spider Man? Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, or Piranha 3DD? I'm going to say Spider-Man. You are correct, sir. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. So now it's 6-2, to two, number one. But number two, I'm live-tweeting this game, okay. and uh, somebody just informed me that Channing, Channing Tatum has confirmed there will be a Magic Mike 2. Oh, well, I think we all assume that. And you should get two bonus points for bringing that up. Boom, four to, six to four. <laughs> six to four. <laughs> we got to keep this thing interesting. Because <laughs> it's not if we went by my actual performance. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Cameron. Uh, Cam Williams of AALBC.com says, this film is an unsettling vision of America degenerating into a lawless dystopia like a latter-day Wild West. Is he talking about Magic The Mike. Hunger Games? <laughs> Journey to the Mysterious Island. Rise of the Planet of the Apes or Savages? I mean, it's, it's either Planet of the Apes or Hunger Games. Planet of the Apes, I don't think he would have talked about, could be our actual future. I'm going to go with Hunger Games. <laughs> Sorry, Cam Williams described Savages as oh, that. Dang it. 
Savages. Yeah, drug cartels beheading everyone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Quick, uh, Cameron, Calvin, pull up some Rob. real-time news about savages so you can oh, get, yeah, the, get the bonus point. <laughs> All right. All right, Calvin. Uh, Robert Levin of Film School Rejects uh, said, The sequel puts uh, such little effort into the same basic setup that it's barely even a movie. Is he referring to the new Spider-Man film? Journey to the Mysterious Island, Men in Black 3, Piranha 3DD, or The Artist? Piranha. You are correct. All right, so this last question should be for 11 points. Mm -hmm. It is. Okay, fair (laughs) fair enough. It is. All right. Okay, this is for the win. (laughs) (laughs) For the win. None of it makes much of an impression, although there are a few nice and surprisingly heartfelt, heartfelt moments around the edges. And that is by uh, Stephen uh, Witte from the New- Newark Star-Ledger. And he says, I'll read it one more time. None of it makes much of an impression, although there are a few nice and surprisingly heartfelt moments around the edges. Is he talking about the re-release of Titanic, American Reunion, to roam with love or the best exotic marigold hotel? American Reunion. You are correct for the win. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Surprising heartfelt moments. That's how I would describe it as well. I didn't see it. 15 to 13. Good try, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes. I'll do better next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes <laughs> it stinks stay tuned up next your feedback Listening to Porcelain Raft. Would that float? Yeah, yeah, it would float. I mean, iron floats. Yeah. I mean, depends on how much weight you have on the porcelain raft. If you make it in boat shape, it'll float. Does porcelain over time absorb moisture? I would, I would think it would. So it's, so you wouldn't be able to float on it forever. But I don't think that's their objective. They just want to get get across the river. Do they carry like bleach with them and have to clean it all the time? Because I imagine it gets rings. Porcelain. It's only appropriate. Soap scum or something. But they're just going across the river once. Yeah. Because it's going to inevitably absorb the water. But that would, yeah, yeah, that, that would annoy me. Like, you're halfway there, and it's like, oh, like, there's already rings on it. It's already getting soppy. It's already getting... Come on, let's just clean it real quick, guys. Come on. <laughs> How wide of a river is this? <laughs> you take a break halfway across to clean. See, I, well, I don't know if it's just like a, a one-time trip. Like, it's an investment. You, you, you dock it. You know, you're going to eventually maybe want to sell it. Take your kids out on the porcelain boat. <laughs> the raft. The raft. Porcelain raft. Well, I like to upgrade it to a yacht. That's my. I'm seeing a yacht when I when I play it on my mind. The song is drifting in and out. Well, they really went for the theme. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> From the album Strange Weekend. That would be the <laughs> definition <laughs> of a strange weekend. <laughs> That'd be pretty strange. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week we asked you how you met your love interest, or if you had any creepy MySpace stories. <laughs> If, like, if you weren't married yet or if you didn't have a love interest yet, like the guys who write those Batman criticisms. Mm. Um, 
so you went over to the podcast episode page at the allnewrelevantmagazine.com and posted your replies there. Some of you hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and some of you posted on our Facebook page, uh, the Relevant Podcast Facebook page. Here's a few of your replies. Well, my, my favorite uh, came via Twitter from TJ Lowe that said, I met my wife on a Ford Focus owner online forum called Focus Fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that, uh, you know, one, that there were online forums for Focus Fanatics. And two, why isn't TJ and his wife on a commercial for, for the Ford Focus? That this car, not only is it providing, you know, hip transportation, it's also bringing people together. The Ford Focus is a popular car, but I don't see it. Oh, no. You don't see the, the no. fanaticism? No, we don't oh, see uh, the Focus. He's, he's the pun guy. <laughs> That's his role on the podcast. Without, without the slide whistle, I missed I don't it. See it. <laughs> you got to punctuate the, the more thinky puns with a slide yeah. whistle. True. I'm sorry. That was awful. <laughs> that was one of the worst yet. That's the reason you lost the game. Yeah, right yeah, there. Right there. Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, you you just you. got docked 10 points <laughs> for that game we played. I won 15 to 3. So I'm I won, I'm negative 5? Where am I at? Yeah. Somehow you owe Cameron $7. <laughs> it wasn't even money at stake. We should have, I just did the math. And we somehow, absolutely I don't should have a bad pun jar right in the middle of this table. Yeah. We should have a bad pun jar. And we should have an off-colored remark jar that creates more work for Snavely. Right. And so, every time Magic Mike is referenced. <laughs> a dollar goes in the jar. Right. Uh, on 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 Twitter, uh, we got a reply from Finfan one eight seven on an under, undercover cop. I assume um, <clears throat> he said, "I met my wife through the Insiders guest book in ninety eight. I emailed a few peeps I saw listed in my town. She wrote me back. The Insiders guest book website in ninety eight. That's wow. amazing." <laughs> Uh, frequent uh, podcast feedbacker, Kiki Pounds, told a, a funny story that at, at her college originally, when the internet was uh, connected, you could view all of uh, fellow students on the network's iTunes libraries. And so she found a library that was very similar to hers. And she deduced from the screen name what this person's real name might actually be. This was in the early days of Facebook. And she was able to identify who she thought owned that uh, iTunes library. It turned out to be an attractive young man uh, who she sent an email to and said, Hey, I listened to your music. I thought I'd find you. You have great taste. And immediately realized that was a very creepy stalker thing to do. Uh, she got a, an email along the lines of thanks, question mark. Uh, oh, a couple of weeks later, she ran into the guy at the party uh, and had an awkward conversation. Her friends ended up leaving the party, so the guy gave her a ride back to her where she had parked her bicycle. But the guy insisted, because he's a gentleman, that he follow her in his car while she made the bicycle commute back to the dorm. So it was just awkward all the way around. I'd be like in the car, hey, can you speed it up? You realize you're going five <laughs> miles an hour, right? She does. She does in the post by saying they never dated. Elizabeth Randon uh, met met her boyfriend in the fourth grade. They went to the same Christian school all the way through high school. He was never on her radar. Meanwhile, he told a friend of his to please kill him if he ever dated her. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Then midway through the senior year, her best friend started dating his best friend, and then they started hanging out. Eventually, he asked me to go out on a date. 
on AOL Instant Messenger. She said no. Three days later, she changed her mind. They've been they've been happy together for six years now. Is he eluding his killer? <laughs> <laughs> and the best friends are still together too. But here's the deal: they've been dating six years. Get it done already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Six years. You know what you want. If it's not her, move on. Yeah, I propose after Tess four months. Says. Oh, she actually says, "I know very uncalvin of me." Is what, oh, what yeah. she says. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Uh, here's this week's... Editorial question of the week. Okay, so at the beginning of the podcast, we uh, opened your eyes to the wonder, the awe, the glory that is John Tesh on Twitter. Um, it inspired us. It got us thinking. It, it provoked us. It... it uh, Challenged, it, us. challenged us, sharpened it did, us it did. as men, <laughs> as 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 citizens, as husbands. It, it disturbed us. <laughs> I mean, we're all working out now. Mm-hmm. We we know how to date with wedding rings on. I'm moving we down all the street. Sold our houses on cul-de-sac, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we can walk more. Yeah. Um, so you know, we got us thinking. The world needs more. Hashtag Tesh says. So we thought we would flood the internet. <laughs> With hashtag Tesh says, and uh, we want you, we want your best Tesh says uh, 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 for this week's feedback. So go over to the podcast episode page and post your best Tesh says ideas there. But then, if you're bold, if you're adventurous, if you're willing to take on the fury of the Tesh, <laughs> go onto Twitter and, and post your own Tesh says and hashtag it Tesh says. Or you can go onto our Facebook page and uh, give us your best one-line advice, life quips, observations. You know, that would be of the ilk of Tesh says, but of course none of us can touch his glory. And they all should be related about whether or not bears exist in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And go. It's a theological debate as well. Right. And go. (laughs) Many thanks to Indy Wilson for talking to us. Uh, You can check out his new film series, Notes from the tilt the whirl uh, at notesfromthetiltaworld.com. Make sure to tune in next week because we have a live in-studio performance by All Sons and Daughters, a fantastic group. And the week after that is actually the first day of the Olympics, and we talked to an Olympian here on the podcast, uh, uh, runner Lopez Lamont, who's a former um, child soldier. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ones that escaped and came to the U.S. and is now an Olympian for the U.S. team. It's a pretty amazing story. He's on that commercial, too. He's on that Visa commercial. Yeah. So he is a Visa card holder. It's yeah. a great story. It's a great story. So he's coming up on the podcast, and we have some great guests coming up this fall. Also, you know, talking about coming things coming in the, in the coming weeks, if you haven't uh, been checking out the new RelevantMagazine.com website, uh, we are continuing to add updates and enhancements from a lot of small things, functional things, like ways to navigate and sort differently and whatever to pretty big enhancements like, um, well, you'll continue to see rolling out. So uh, make sure to come back daily uh, to see all that's happening at the new website. There's a lot more content, a lot more slices going on um, and and uh, to check out the new features that are really rolling out the rest of the summer. And while you're there, it's really easy to subscribe. Now, not only can you subscribe to the print magazine and get instant access to all the premium stuff on the website, you can also subscribe to the iPad edition of the magazine on the website now and get instant access. What does instant access give you? Access to all the premium magazine content, instant access to uh, subscriber-only albums that we make, and over the course of the year, a lot more. So we'd love the support. It's about 15 bucks. Uh, if you head over there now, relevantmagazine.com. Also, um, for our Apple 
users out there, they have released the podcast app for iPad and iPhone. Right. And it's a great way to find our podcasts on the go on your mobile phones. For non-Apple users, for people that maybe have Android or other mobile devices, you can also find the relevant podcast now on Stitcher. Nice. Which is an app. Yeah. Um, and also Stitcher.com. Cool. And you can find the relevant podcast right on there. Cool. That's great. So we're on Stitcher now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Calvin Kearley. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. You got me again, Tash.